Let's turn now in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 9 to 11. Matthew 7, 9 to 11. You can find that on 685. Verse 9, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That It's an amazing couple of little verses. I mean, just it, it's almost funny how clear Jesus is about the human condition, about fathers, you know. Well, you guys are evil, and even you know how to do this. So imagine how much better God is than you, what, he, what he's going to give us. So I have, you know, I, I have a bunch of um, statistics, and I have a bunch of information about fathers and sons and the difference that fathers can make and the way that we can view God as a father and all these sorts of things. But I actually just thought for tonight that we would get into this conversation through a piece of art, through a piece of music. And so I uh, want to play this song. Maybe some of you know it, some of you don't. I think it's from 1970. Cat Stevens. It's called Father and Son. And we listen to a lot of Cat Stevens in our house. It's like one of Lily's favorite artists. But this song, just to, I'm going to tell you about it a little bit, and then we're going to listen to it. It's about three minutes long, and all the lyrics will be up on the screen also. Um, it's a conversation between a father and, and a son. And you can tell when the, the dad is talking at the beginning, and then the son is responding to him, and he kind of sings a lot higher so that's the part that the son is responding. And it's about, you know, it's about a son who wants to go on his own path and wants to explore the world and he wants to grow into adulthood. And his father, who kind of, you know, is wrestling with all these things too and maybe doesn't want to let him. And I'll, I'll, I'll interpret it more after we listen to it. That's all I'm going to say right now. Let's uh, let's listen to this song. It's not time to make a change. Just relax. Take it easy You're still young That's your fault There's so much you have to know Find a girl Settle down If you want You can marry Look at me I am old But I'm happy I was once like you are now And I know that it's not easy 
to be calm when you found something going on. But take your time, think a lot. I think of everything you've got, for you will still be here tomorrow, but your dreams may not. How can I try to explain? When I do, he turns away again. It's always been the same, same old story. From the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen. Now there's a way, and I know that I have to go away. I know I have to go. Change, just sit down, take it slowly. You're still young, that's your fault. There's so much you have to go through. Find a girl, settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look at me, I am old, but I'm happy. All the times that I've cried. Keeping all the things I knew inside, it's hard, but it's harder to ignore it. If they were right, I'd agree, but it's them they know, not me. Now there's a way, and I know that I have to go away. I know I have to go. So I hope I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that gave you something to think about. Um, to sort of interpret the song a little bit or exegete the song, uh, it shows this traditional path, you know, kind of you know, follow in my footsteps, find a girl, settle down, you know, get married, have kids, like 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 I did. You know, that's what the the dad is saying. And then it also shows like the maybe the rebellious path, or you know, this the son, he has a dream and he wants to go chase it, he wants to explore the world, he wants to really see, you know, kind of what's out there. He wants to see that something's different. Um, you know, I think God speaks through unlikely sources, and there's this thing called common grace. Does this song remind you of, of a parable that Jesus told? Which which one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the beginning of the prodigal son, where this, the, the younger son, the, elders, the elder brother in that story, 
he does. He does the things the father wants him to do, right? He stays at home. He stays on the property. He, ta- he helps his dad. But where does it get him? And the younger son goes off. He explores the big city. He kind of scratches that itch. But where does it get him? <laughs> um, so thinking about this song, thinking about the prodigal son, thinking about the gospel, I mean, you have something different in, in, in Jesus, in Christianity, in the gospel story, because you have a father that no matter if you're still, you know, you follow that traditional path, you find a girl, settle down, all that kind of stuff, and you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you're doing it to try to get something from God, even then, God forgives you. Even then, God invites you into the party. And then if, if you're rebellious, if you're like the son in this, in this song, and you want to explore, and you want those new experiences, you want to do something different, God is... You can't even say that God's waiting for you back home, because when he sees the son, he goes and runs up to him. And he's been praying for him, and waiting for him, and excited, and, and everything. So... Yeah, I wanted to just use that song to get into this, to get into this idea, to get into what Jesus taught us about his father. Because it was, it was a revolutionary idea. I mean, you think the context of Judaism at that time, they didn't speak about God as a dad, someone they could relate to, an Abba, a daddy, a papa, a father. And those are the words that Jesus used. Um, so that's, you know, that's really what I want to explore tonight. The, uh, the, the problem from this, this text and the, and the problem that we all struggle with because we're human is that we, we have trouble relating to a God that's like that. You know, we have trouble relating to a God who's so good, who's so fatherly, who so cares for us. And we, you know, you could say that it's like we have trouble relating to a God that we, that we can't see, you know, that physically with us. And so God can sometimes feel distant, even though he's not. And then, you know, we, we, we want God to do things. We even ask him, we even pray to him, and he doesn't answer our prayers in the way that we want or in the timeline that we want. And yet in the midst of all that, Jesus comes and introduces us to this idea of an Abba, of a, of a daddy, of a father that we can relate to. Um, the, the idea of our father, <laughs> our father who art in heaven. One of the, uh, Kevin DeYoung wrote a commentary on the Heidelberg Catechism. And he says, we have often heard that God is our father, which is true. But we don't always remember that the opposite is just as true. Your father is God. That's an interesting idea, right? Your father is God. So, you know, that, that's what the catechism is teaching us, that we, have, that we have not just, not only an advocate in heaven, but we have a father that's in heaven that, that rules everything, and we have that connection. So, that, you know, the catechism says, I trust him so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul, and he will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends me in this sad world. 
And then it cites that, that Joseph story from Genesis 50, where God, you know, the, the brothers tried to do evil to him. We saw the skit last week, right? And God turned it into good because that's what a father does. He turns the adversity into something that's good. We, we have the same issue that the disciples had, the same issue that the, the people around Jesus had, that he's, you know, teaching um, that we have difficulty relating to a father. And you can't, you can't overestimate the impact that a father has on, on you. <laughs> you know, son, daughter, whatever it is. Um, you know, genetics. <laughs> genetics, we, you know, we, we have health problems that they have. We have, you know, we have their, we have their genes. But also spiritually, the Bible talks about generational sin. And it, you know, in, when it's laying out the Ten Commandments, it talks about how uh, you know, the sins of the father are passed down you know, three and four generations. And yeah, we, under, we understand that. You, 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 your grandfather and your grandmother have an impact on you. Maybe if you didn't even know them. I never knew my, grand, my grandfathers. Yet... They had an impact on me because they impacted my parents and they impacted me in beautiful ways, in really good ways. You know, we, a legacy of faith, but also we're all human and we're all broken. And they hand down to us the brokenness also. But remember what the next verse is. Remember what the next verse is. That the people that walk with God, the people that are faithful to him, it goes on to not three or four generations, but to a thousand generations. Those that love and serve him. And that's a legacy right there. <laughs> that it could be handed down again and again. But they walked with the Lord. And that next generation walked with the Lord. And the next generation. And more and more. Um, I could cite a lot of examples of generational sin. But I think you, you, get, you get the point. It's all over the Bible. Um, and so we, we see that. We see that, uh, that difficulty. And, and yet Jesus, in the midst of all that, he's teaching us about a faithful father, an Abba that we can relate to. And in the, in the passage from Matthew, Jesus is he's painting this beautiful picture of a father that, that, that cares for us. You know, we, uh, we often have a stereotype or we kind of view what a father should be through a through the you know lens of 2020 American culture so um, that can hold things up for us because when the Bible talks about God as our father it's talking about yes a God that is strong a God that is a protector but also a God that is gentle and compassionate and um, you know, he's powerful. He's so powerful, and yet he's also so faithful. And only, only the true God, you know, is like this. No, no human father can live up to it. When I think about this, I mean, it's, it's almost crippling to think, oh, I've got to be all these things to my children. But I don't. I don't. I, I can reflect the father in ways that he's created me to. Um, but ultimately, God, the Father, is the one that 
cares for them and walks alongside them. And isn't that a powerful idea? Maybe you've heard it before, but um, God loves our children more than we do. That's, that's incredible to think about because we, I mean, we do anything for our kids. We give up anything for them. I'll never forget when my nephew passed away and he, he was in an accident and he was struck by a train and my aunt said, I would do anything to take his place. I would have jumped in front of that train for him. And all of us would do that, right? And God loves our kids more than that. It's just incredible. Which one of you, if his, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? None of us. And we're messed up. We're evil. God's, Jesus says it. If you know how to give good, give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So it's such a powerful metaphor because, uh, you know, human parents, we fail. <laughs> you know, we'd probably like to give our children more things than when we even can, you know, materially, but also just emotionally, spiritually. We'd like to equip them for the life that stands ahead of them. But God does that. And it's about God's intention. And God can be that father that, uh, that is that ultimate example for us. The, the catechism says that God is a provider and a redeemer. Uh, it, it cites Romans 8.28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So Jesus says again and again, this was, this was uh, foundational to Jesus' message and what he went around teaching, that you don't need anyone else to connect to God the Father except me. You don't need a priest you don't need another advocate. You have a father that you can talk to just like your earthly father. You can know him. You don't have to, um, you don't have to live life on your own. <laughs> you know, if we don't have a strong relationship with our mom or our dad or um, they're not on this earth anymore, we can feel forgotten about. And yet God never forgets about us. He always remembers us because we're his children. And we, when we have that, when we have that safety, when we have that security, when we have that father that knows us and walks alongside us, we don't have to work to impress a lot of people um, You know, because we look to our fathers for approval. Sometimes if they're missing, we got to prove ourselves to other people. A relationship with God in Christ takes care of all that. And we know that we have his love. Um, we don't have to... Fathers and mothers and parents, they give us... You know, they create this little world for us, especially when we're kids. They define the world for us. They tell us what life is all about. And that is what Jesus is offering to us on this huge scale, that, that we have a faithful father who's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us, and he's, he's able to turn to your good, whatever adversity he sends you in this sad world. He's almighty God. He's a faithful father. Um, 
He's able to do this, and he, he desires to do that. Um, he desires to protect you and deliver you from evil. But even, uh, even when we go through the heartaches, even when we go through the suffering, even when we go through uh, the mourning and the grief and the cancer and all the, all the stuff we have to deal with in this life, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. And even, you know, even when our emotions betray us and we think and we feel that he's not there, he's still able to turn to our good whatever adversity comes. And he's able to use all those things to show, to show himself, to, to show that he's a provider and that he's powerful and that he's in control and that he can be trusted. All those things we look to a father for. So to bring it back to the beginning, to bring it back to that song, you know, the, the, prodigal, the prodigal son story, the prodigal son, it's there. You know, rebels coming home, re- religious people admitting <laughs> that they've tried to use God, re- repenting from these lies that we've believed about God that we can't trust him. Repenting from those, turning from those, and just resting. Resting in that belief and that knowledge that we have a faithful father who's a good provider, who can turn to good anything that comes to us, who, uh, who desires to do this because he is faithful. He's faithful to us. Let's pray. Jesus, you, you taught us how to pray and you used this story to, to teach people about a father who's listening to us, who longs to hear from his children, who wants to bring you know, healing into our lives and above all wants us to know and be reminded that we are not alone, that you are there for us no matter what we're going through. So God, for everyone in this room tonight, when we are tempted to to doubt or to live in such a way um, that we're orphans, God, remind us that you have brought us to yourself, that in Christ you have uh, made a new creation, that you've made us your sons and your daughters, uh, that it's not just a phrase we throw out, but it's a spiritual reality that we can live in. May we, uh, may we walk in that, Lord. May, may that be a reality. May it touch our hearts more and more, no matter what we're going through, that you are our Father in heaven. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.